Good morning, church. Wow. Um, my name's Doug, one of the pastors for our church, and I am blessed to get to follow Jesus with you all. I am blessed to get to worship Jesus on Sundays with all of you, and I am blessed because we're jumping into the book of Ephesians. Are you blessed? I know we're in church and we say words like blessed and bless you a lot, but have you thought about that word lately? Blessed. Like if you were to ask me, Doug, are you blessed? I would say, absolutely, I'm blessed. I have a beautiful wife, five super fun kiddos, two dogs, a fish named Jack, a house that's warm and a car that runs, right? I am doubly blessed. I love my job. I love our church. I get to plant this church with my good friend and it's growing. Things are going up and to the right. I am blessed and I love it. We all love being blessed, right? Hashtag blessed. Okay, I did a quick Instagram search of hashtag blessed this week, and it yielded some interesting results. There were some dudes with muscles that were ripped all over their bodies. It wasn't me. There were great seats at a soccer game in England, a walk on the beach, yoga class, a nose ring, some really cool Chuck Taylor kicks, and some food that I wouldn't consider particularly hashtag blessed. Recently, my friend and a member of our advisory team um, for our church, he posted on his Facebook page, Chris Haruska, he posted on his Facebook page a link to an article at Business Insider, and the headline was, bald men are more successful, intelligent, and masculine, science says. And next to the link, he just wrote, hashtag blessed, right? And all the bald men said... Amen. Yes, we all love being blessed. And by blessed, we mean life going up and to the right, climbing the career ladder, staying healthy or getting wealthy, getting more followers on Twitter or hearing from the grandkids or our spouse volunteering to change the baby's diaper in the middle of the night. Hashtag blessed. At least for me, when I think of being blessed, I think of my life going my way. My life being more easy, more convenient, or more of whatever I want it to be. And me, you, all of us, we love being blessed. That's why when Eric was reading Ephesians chapter 1 just now, we probably tuned in a little bit. Our interest was piqued when those words blessed, blessed, and blessings showed up, right? After Paul greets this church in Ephesus, the first thing he jumps into is talking about blessings, So let's look at it together. Ephesians chapter one, verse three. In verse three, it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Wow, hashtag blessed. Okay, we're only one verse into our study of Ephesians and we already have a blessed God. Things must be going well for him. He blesses us. Things are gonna go well for us with every spiritual blessing. Jackpot. I love this book. We love this book, right? But before we get too far down the road, you know this is coming, maybe we should pause and ask the question, what does it mean to be blessed? We understand it as life going well, but is that how the Bible teaches it? Maybe a story would help us understand what the Bible means when it says blessed. A few years ago, my grandma passed away. 
She was an incredible woman. She would give my brother and I rides to school every day. And on Fridays, she would make us cinnamon rolls. Um, she, bought, she came to all my soccer games, got us socks and underwear for Christmas, put up with my brother's pranks that he played on her. She was incredible. And when she passed away, I was asked to share an extended eulogy at her funeral. Eulogy literally means good word praise word. So in a funeral, the eulogy is that part of the service when someone shares about the life of the deceased and shares the good things about their life, their accomplishments or their character, how they related to people or gave to charity. For me, it was incredibly easy to come up with good words for my grandma, ways to praise her. What was difficult was narrowing it down and finding the words that honored her most for who she was and what she had done. I ended up with a top 10 list of the qualities in grandma. And as I shared, I cried my way through it, and my dad was a blubbering mess on the front row, just rifling through the Kleenex. I wanted to give my grandma a eulogy. I wanted to honor her with my words for who she was and all that she had done. I wanted to praise my grandma. I wanted to bless my grandma. In the original language that the book of Ephesians was written in, the word for bless is the word eulogy. To bless means to highlight the worth of someone, to speak highly of, give praise to, or give honor to. Like when I say that I respect Eric for the way he listens to people and hears their heart, I am blessing Eric. When I say that I love how my wife can relate to our kids with goofiness in one moment and then relate to me with respect in the next moment, I am blessing Whitney to give praise to, honor, recommendation, hashtag blessed. So now let's go back to Ephesians 1 verse 3 with this fresh new understanding of the word blessed and let's read it again. Blessed, honorable, praiseworthy, glorious, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, given us praise, given us honor in Christ with every spiritual blessing. So all and every honor and praise and glory in the heavenly places. Do you see the shift? It actually gets better. So think about this one verse here. God is blessed. Of course, he's worthy of the best praise, the highest honor, the greatest glory, and abundant adoration. Everything about him is perfect and holy and happy and helpful and beautiful and just. Throughout history, millions of poems have been written to try to describe the beauty of God. Songs have been sung and music composed to try to tell us of the happiness and the holiness of God. Cathedrals have been built, cities have been founded, technology invented, and lives given all in an effort to say, God is beautiful. God is good. God is glorious, right? So it's no surprise when we get to the end or we get to Ephesians 1 verse 3 and it says, blessed be God. Billions of blessings have been ascribed to God throughout history. He is blessed. It is true. But then the next four words after that are utterly shocking. These words take all of our assumptions and they pile them up and then with a stick of dynamite, blow them up. The next four words seem impossible, unjust, wrong, even absurd, okay? Look at them with me. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now get these next four words, okay? Who has blessed us? This God who is perfect and holy and just and righteous, this God of power and glory blesses us, gives praise and honor to us, to me. Now, I know we live in a day and age where everyone gets a blue ribbon for participating. And most of us think that our diapers didn't stink, right? We are entitled and enriched and quite caught up in ourselves. But I also know what's usually going on in our hearts when we get that blue ribbon or when we scroll through our own social media feed. What's usually going on in our hearts is we're saying, I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. I know my heart too well, and I don't deserve that sort of blessed life. So when I look at God, I have to say, God, you're awesome, but I'm not. You're good, I'm not. You're blessed, but I am not. You are too busy for me, too far away, too perfect. Have you ever felt that way? I want to be blessed by God, but I don't deserve to be blessed by God. It's like looking at a house that is outside your price range. It's beautiful and perfect, but it's never going to be yours, right? It's like a nerdy sophomore asking the homecoming queen to go to prom, right? You got to admire the courage in that kid, but it's never going to happen. She's just too good for him and won't give him the time of day. So it is when I think about God blessing me, blessed be God who blesses us. Are you starting to get some of the, the outlandish reality of this statement? Praise God who praises me, honor God who honors me. It's a puzzle, a problem, an impossibility. Just like the homecoming queen doesn't go to prom with a nerdy sophomore, so a holy and pure God doesn't bless an unholy and impure me. But then come the next two words after that. Okay, go back to the Bible. Let's look at it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. We're like, how is that possible? Then what comes next? In Christ. In Jesus, these words change the story, make it all possible, and turn the whole thing on its head. It's only two words, but a life-changing reality. And these two words, in Christ, they show up and they shine through all the book of Ephesians. In Christ, we are blessed. We are full in Jesus, alive in Jesus, one in Jesus, diverse in Jesus, new in Jesus, growing in Jesus. If you're married, you are married in Jesus. As a child, you are a child in Jesus. You are protected in Jesus, strong in Jesus, beautiful in Jesus, and set free in Jesus. All of Ephesians boils down to these two words, in Jesus. And here's what it means. To be in Jesus means that all of you, your heart, your mind, your behavior, the way you think, feel, and live gets caught up in and spiritually united to Jesus. So if you're a Christian in this room, when you became a Christian, a lot of awesome things happened. Your sins were forgiven. You went from old to new, death to life, darkness to light. But what also happened when you became a Christian is you were united to Jesus, like a tree branch that gets transplanted into a tree, like two electric wires that get fused together so that the power flows through them. You became in Jesus. Or maybe another illustration will kind of 
tell us more what this reality is, okay? I'm going to show you two photos, all right? The first photo is this, that guy. Anybody know that guy? I, I didn't know that guy. I mean, he has a cool jacket and he must like corn or something. I'm guessing he's a nice guy, but who is he? Now I'm going to show you another photo of the exact same guy, except this time he is in something. Here it is. You probably know this guy, right? You know this guy. The man in the first photo is Aaron Wyatt, okay? He might like corn. He might wear black jackets. I'm not for sure. He's a regular old guy. But when he steps into the Herbie Husker mascot, everything changes. In Herbie Husker, he is known and loved and he has a purpose and leadership. He is cheered for, or maybe by some of us, he is hated, right? Even though Aaron Wyatt is in there, we really relate to him as Herbie Husker. That comes close to what the Bible means when it says that we are in Jesus, On my own, I might be a regular guy, a sinful guy, but in Jesus, I have a new identity, purpose, power, and position. And God, though he still knows me and he sees me, he relates to me in Jesus. That's why Ephesians 1 verse 3 says that we get every single spiritual blessing in Jesus. God blessed us in Jesus. So silly light, let me remind you, if you are a Christian, you are in Jesus. You aren't on your own. You aren't left to figure out life by yourself. You aren't orphaned, unloved, or unseen. You aren't lost in the crowd or unimportant. You are in Jesus, the one only holy son of God. And in Ephesians 1, that means you get blessed by God the Father and and our Lord Jesus Christ in Jesus. You are honored in Jesus. You are spoken well of in Jesus. You are given goodness and mercy and love and grace in Jesus. It is a staggering reality, the kind of reality that makes you want to sing and shout and dance around, make you want to write a poem or sing a song or crack a smile or clap your hands, that kind of reality. And for Paul, who wrote this book of the Bible, it made him wander off for one of the best bunny trails ever inspired by God. From verse three that we just read all the way through to verse 14, it is one long run-on sentence in the original language. Now, the English translators did us a favor by putting punctuation in there, but when Paul was writing, he's like, oh, I don't don't got time for punctuation. He just overflows with this praise in a long run-on sentence that would make your high school English teacher confused and your favorite songwriter happy. It's like the song that never ends. It goes on and on, my friends. So Paul goes from saying that God blesses us in Christ to like a river blasting through a dam, spilling out a list of those blessings. He says we are chosen in Jesus, holy and blameless before God, adopted for the praise of God, blessed, redeemed, forgiven, lavished by grace, part of the purposes of God, united to Jesus. We get an inheritance in Jesus, predestined in Jesus, hope in Jesus. We are sealed, secure, saved, and safe. Sin is forgiven. Life is valuable, and heaven is guaranteed. So from start to finish, top to bottom, we get every single spiritual blessing that God has to give. Let me say it again, start to finish, top to bottom, we get every single spiritual blessing that God has to give in Jesus. This is an incredible reality, getting to be in Jesus and get all these blessings. So 
To finish up, I want to try to sum up those blessings into just three statements, okay? I will humbly attempt it, okay? And here's the three statements. We are adopted by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and sealed by the Spirit. Okay, let's take them one by one. The first blessing is this. We are adopted by the Father. Look at verses four and five. Ephesians 1, four through five says, even as he chose us in him, there's that in Jesus thing, right? Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. So in Jesus, we are adopted by the father. We go from orphans to adopted, which is an incredible blessing by itself. But when you zoom in and look at this adoption process more closely, the blessings only increase. Two different times it says that we are chosen. And two different times it says how or when we are chosen. Look at verse four again. It says, he chose us in Jesus when? Before the foundation of the world. Go on to verse five, the tail end of verse four, right into verse five. In love, he predestined, he pre-chose us. So we are doubly chosen, not because of anything we've ever done or ever will do. We are doubly chosen simply because God is in love with us. In love, he predestined you before you could do anything to deserve it or not deserve it. God's overflowing love led him of his own choice, his own will, his own volition, right? According to the purpose of his own will. God's overflowing love led him to intentionally choose you to be adopted by him. That's complicated. (laughs) I get that, okay? And some of you, you heard that word predestined and it brought up all sorts of questions because the church has debated that probably since Paul wrote this letter, (laughs) okay? I still, my eyes still like twitches whenever I think back to debates that I had in college about predestination. Some of you guys don't even care and you're glad you've never been in a debate about a word with as many letters as predestination, okay? My job this morning isn't to answer the debate. My job is to preach Ephesians 1. So let me boil it down like this. God is so loving that his love overflowed onto everyone who is in Jesus before they ever got their act together together or ever deserved it. So before we ever earned him or chose him, he loved us and chose us. That's what it means to be predestined. And he loved us so much that he went the full extent to adopt us and make, his, make us his very own children. He adopted us. He has loved you so deeply so thoroughly, so personally, and so perfectly that you have become a child of God. We have multiple families in our church who have either adopted or are in the adoption process now, and I'm always so challenged by their faithfulness and perseverance. Adoption isn't easy. These families have to pay fees to apply, then they have to pay more fees for someone to come walk through their house and inspect every little nook and cranny. Then they have to raise thousands of dollars, tell all their friends, enter into emotionally risky scenarios and situations, pray for a long time, wait for a long time, and that's all before the child ever arrives. Then the child arrives and everything gets changed all over again. So that, um, when I look at families like the Coopers and the Himes and the Higgins and the Schlickburns and Megan, when I look at those families, when I see adoptive families, do you know what I see? Enduring 
love. It's a love that doesn't give up. It's a love that doesn't let go. Ephesians 1, it's telling us we get that love. God the Father loved you so deeply before you ever loved him so lightly that he went to the degree of doing everything necessary to adopt you and make you one of his very own sons or daughters. We get adopted by the Father, hashtag blessed. Blessing number two that we see in Ephesians chapter one is we are redeemed by the son. Look at Ephesians one verse seven. It says in him, again, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And then it goes on and it says that we get caught up in the mysteries and the plan of God, a plan that God has had forever, but now we get to be a part of it, okay? So City Light, it's one thing to be adopted and another thing to be redeemed. The Bible says that we were worthless orphans and now we are not only sons and daughters, but we are valuable sons and daughters. We are redeemed, re-given value as sons and daughters of God. Amen. Have you ever been the last one picked for a team? Like in a pickup game or something like that, the last one picked. I was always the last one picked for football, right? This frame just didn't serve me well in that sport. I, I hate it. It always came down to like me and some guy's golden retriever. And then they, they pick the dog and then the last team picks me. So I got picked for the team, but it was pretty evident I didn't do anything for the team. Here, here's how it would go. They'd be like, okay, this play, Doug, you go deep. And he doesn't even look at me, right? The quarterback doesn't even look my direction. The next play, okay, Doug, this play, you go deep. He doesn't even look my way over and over again until I finally realized that though they had picked me for their team, they had no intention of me actually doing anything for their team. Here's why we're blessed in Jesus. God, our father, chooses us to be on the team. He adopts us. And then Jesus trains us up so that we play a valuable role for the team. Jesus teaches us how to catch, how to run around, how to make decisions on the field. Then we get put in the game, get a catch, and actually contribute to our team's success. Okay, this may sound sacrilegious, especially today, but go with me. Jesus is like Aaron Rodgers. He can make even the rookie receivers look good. Okay, Jesus trains us up. He redeems us. God not only adopts us, but he makes us valuable sons and daughters in his family's plans, in his team's advancement. City Light, do you know that each one of you are valuable to what God is doing in our world, in our city, and in our church? You might sometimes feel like I felt when I was the last one picked for the football team, but in reality, because you are in Jesus, you are both chosen and cherished. You are picked and plain. You are drafted and deployed. You are adopted and redeemed. Don't sell yourself short thinking you have nothing to offer. You have value. You have something to offer. You have a part to play. You matter and you make a difference in what God is doing in our world, in our city, and in our church. You make a difference. You've been redeemed by Jesus. Hashtag blessed. Blessing number three. Okay, we'll keep going. I'm nearly done. We are sealed by the Spirit. Okay, we are adopted by the Father, redeemed by the Son, sealed by the Spirit. Ephesians 1 verse 13 says, In him, again, there's the in Jesus thing. You also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, 
were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So God adopts us, he redeems us, and he seals us. When you hear the gospel, the good news that God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and you believe that gospel, you are given the Holy Spirit, God himself, to live inside you and seal you to guarantee that you're going to get where you need to go, heaven, okay? The Holy Spirit is God's non-refundable deposit on your life to guarantee that he will take you where you need to go, okay? Illustration, it may be like this envelope, okay? If I were to put a letter in this envelope, write the address on there and drop it in the mailbox, would it get to where it needs to go? No. Why? I didn't put a stamp on it, right? But if I put a stamp on it, drop it in the mailbox, will it get to where it needs to go? Kind of depends on the United States Postal Service day. But you get the idea, right? Hopefully it gets where they need to go. The Holy Spirit is God's seal, God's stamp that he puts on us to tell all of us that we are guaranteed to get to where we need to go, heaven. The Holy Spirit reminds us that God isn't going to adopt us and then desert us. Jesus isn't going to redeem us and then forget us. All that God has done to adopt us, it will continue for all of eternity and we get to spend forever and ever in heaven enjoying his fatherly love. All that Jesus has done and is doing to redeem us, it will last for all of eternity and we will get to spend forever and ever in heaven doing awesome things for him and with him. The Holy Spirit is God's guarantee, God's seal, God's stamp on us that guarantees we will get to heaven. Hashtag blessed. City Light, listen. What God began in eternity past, choosing us, predestining us before the foundation of the world to be adopted by him, he's doing that still today by redeeming us in Jesus Christ, giving us a part to play, letting us make a difference in his plans in this world, and we're guaranteed that that will keep right on going through all of eternity because we've been sealed and stamped by the Holy Spirit of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every single spiritual blessing he's got to give. Listen, church, he's given you all his blessings. It's all wrapped up in Jesus and Jesus is in you. He's not shortchanging you. He didn't give me two extra blessings and you two less. He didn't give Eric an extra hundred and you a hundred less. He's given you every single spiritual blessing that he has to give and it's all in Jesus Christ.